0: Hello, Jared. Word. How are we doing today?
1: Good. Um, weather's kind of shitty. Uh, it looks to be shitty. Um, and the forecast doesn't look great. Cold weather coming. Not excited, but hey, I'm on this side of the turf.
0: You're on the right side of it, right? hmm What do you think of the
1: tune? I, a dollars. I love it. Right? Old school If you don't like this song And it just don't make you happy It's just You're weird
0: Uh, Weird might be a little strong Maybe you just have Selective taste It is super cheesy But I'm playing it Because We're down here At uh, Well Spent Brewing On this Thursday Late afternoon I walked in You know we were early They're getting set up And this dude is Blaring Bare Naked Ladies He's a fan. And I'm like, oh, okay. We'll start there. Right?
1: I like the song. I mean, it's,
0: just, it's one of those things. It's just one of those songs that, like, if you're in a bad mood, it doesn't make you in a worse mood. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Touche. Touche A.
1: <laughs> Which uh, season three is out on um, the great uh, early May. Oh, you put it on a reminder? I think, well, actually, it came up on, like, some sort of search engine, maybe Google. I just, because I was reading about it and the characters, I think May 12th, they released season three. So good. I can't
0: wait. Yeah, we've talked about the show quite a bit in early episodes while you were getting caught up on it, and uh, we love it. And if you haven't watched it, go on Hulu, watch The Great. Uh, It is extremely
1: entertaining, right? Easy way to put it. Just uh, Peter's the one of the top five characters of any TV show of all time for me. And
0: you've got a lot of years of TV shows in that list, don't you?
1: I do, I do. <laughs> uh,
0: as I mentioned a little while ago, we're down here. Well spent brewing. Uh, please keep them in mind for your City SC game day uh, experiences pre post game. Uh, way easier in and out down this part of town. Uh, than sitting in the Union Station parking lot or something like that. And the beer is phenomenal, good people, beer garden, whole nine yards. Check them out.
1: Well, I was one of the parties that got kind of caught um, um, late to the party, if you will, before they shut the entrance down to the stadium. And I thought the next morning, um, I, I, I w- I and mean, I guess I wouldn't have been here because I, I would have liked to have been here Yeah, in that two-hour window because you have room, you can spread out. Oh, for sure. I mean, the beer is delicious. Yeah, this would have been a good place in that two-hour rain delay.
0: Yeah, get, give them a pop. At least give them a follow because they got a lot of events coming up, new beer releases, uh, cornhole leagues, you name it, they're doing it. Um, one other thing I wanted to mention, a couple things I wanted to mention. Um, if you if you need if you're looking for a, I think the in word it word is a staycation, right? It's kind of like presented itself in the early COVID days for the most part. I mean, it's always existed, but
1: COVID really made it popular. Just kind of get away from the hustle and bustle, but yeah. you're really not away. It's a quick, 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 and just wonderful place.
0: Yeah. So here's the deal, people. If you're looking for that staycation here in the STL area, uh, check out Music Box Chalet. Uh, Innsbruck. Most of you have heard of Innsbruck. If you haven't, look it up. It's really dope. Uh, Door to door from the arch, you're talking about hour and six minutes uh, tops, but once you're out there, it feels like you're three hours away. Uh, Music Box Chalet, uh, that's one of ours. Uh, I've got a phenomenal record collection there. Check it out. Sleeps six to eight. Lots of fun, plenty of lakes. Go fish or just sit by the fire and talk about how much you love the Soccer Dad Pod.
1: Early spring, fire, whiskey, rosy cheeks, nice cool nights. Money and I it's mean, out.
0: It's out towards uh, wine country too.
1: And, and and then another thing, you're not. But if you are a golfer, that would be excellent to take two foursomes or yeah. a sixum or whatever you're gonna do and and play a weekend of golf and stay there and come back and music and beers and cigars.
0: Yep. Family friendly. Four four twin beds upstairs. Nice little master suite downstairs. Record player, huge fire pit. Two-plus acres of nobody can see your shit. So, Or go out there solo and just walk around naked. That's cool, too. Uh, Check it out. Music, Box Chalet, VRBO, or Airbnb. You'll find it. Uh, Another thing I want to mention is one of Jared and Kelly's endeavors. Uh, They are currently in possession of what will be the mobile party machine in the St. Louis metropolitan area. Huge, jet black, customized, what do you call it? party trailer? Liquor trailer?
1: I call it a um, beverage service on wheels a, for a, a any maker? event that you could dream up—from a bar mitzvah to a graduation to a wedding to a shit. Just have a cul-de-sac party.
0: Yeah, which you know we talked about it because it's like you, you know you think about all these parties that people have at their houses and there's always like two days of chaos trying to get it clean and then the homeowners inevitably freak out over people spilling shit all over the, the wet bar how about bring the wet bar outside then they don't have to come inside that you guys have a solution for that so if you want more information on that you want to book a party hit us up on our socials at soccer dad pod on twitter or facebook any of them and we will get you connected because they're about to roll everything out and once the calendar starts filling it'll, it, it will fill fast
1: Absolutely. All right. So let me drop that name. It'll be called, um, it is called On the Rocks Beverage Co. Socials to be released soon. We're in the ninth inning of every thousands of boxes to get checked to, to throw this thing yeah. live. And um, they have done, Kelly and Jimmy have done countless hours of work and we are right there. Um, we're about to go to extra innings and, 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 and throw this thing live.
0: All right. All right. Uh, episode 41 was the last episode, Jared. Uh, I was here solo with my two guests, Jeremy and Aaron from City SC. They are the director and the basically builder of the digital team. Uh, they are hand-in-hand hand with the fan experience team, CBAC, and the rest of them at the stadium for game day experiences and then everything on the app. It was a totally different type of episode, which we talked about. Neither one of them have a national championship to their name <laughs> that I know of. Uh, didn't play pro, you know, frankly, probably played little to any club ball, um, but they they kind of peeled back the onion on city for us in a super cool way. I loved it because it was, you know, what they laid out on that, the how and the why um, with, you know, the app and the experience and what they're doing for fans pre, post game, during the game, the food, all of it, check it out. I mean, there's just a ton of info in there and things you're going to want to get caught up on or keep up with, whether you uh, have been, haven't been, or will go in the future, check that episode out. Uh, you, you, you caught up on it yesterday. What what'd you think?
1: I, uh, or you listened to it today, I, I did I I listened to it half yesterday, half today, and kind of listened to a little bit again today. Um, was apprehensive with the the guests that we we brought on, just wasn't sure how it would uh, come across. It's flipping excellent. Um, These guys kind of, so to speak, behind the curtains and the amount of work and how approachable and how nice and knowledgeable these guys came across. Um, They are a big reason, along with that wonderful team, that in the episode they outlined each member of that team. If you've been, we're seven games into this thing, or and, and minus a friendly, um, eight, plus a friendly, eight games. These guys are on their toes, and and this organization has done a phenomenal job rolling it out. There's a lot of things behind the scenes that they talk about in this episode that I was surprised about, and they have a certain amount of give a f yeah. that um, that is special. And the St. Louis City organization, including the ownership, the ownership, they're lucky to have these guys. Um, yeah, it was, it was really cool. They're, they're
0: great. It was kind of like uh, the analogy that I used with you was, you know, when we were talking about the why. And um, it's like when we talk to some of the parents of the kids that, you know, are, are in the academy level, et cetera, you talk to the parent because it's like without the parent, so much of it doesn't happen, right? Logistically, motivation, things like that. Well, for City SC to be able to pull off what they've been pulling off, it takes a lot of people that are, quote, the parents behind the scenes that create the environment for everybody. I mean, the players play the game, but at the end of the day, the experience is, you know, uh, astronomically more than just the 90 minutes of soccer.
1: I like that um, Jeremy um, took just a minute to stand shoulder-to-shoulder with his counterpart or his uh, his assistant or his um
0: uh, right-hand man.
1: Right-hand man, guy he's in the trenches with. And uh, he sat there in the home opener and had a lot of the same emotions that I've talked to a lot about, including myself. Um, he just flat-out cried. Um, yeah. it, means, it means a ton to him and his team, and it shows in the way he explained it. Kudos to those guys. I mean, I, it, if you haven't been, when you show up, you will understand what we're talking yeah. about
0: so post uh post city game, some news popped out to, I think it was today um and it's funny because the the rumor mill is swirling uh the players were late to training yesterday, I think it was or maybe today and the reason was uh league mandated um, a surprise drug test <laughs> across the board huh. after a six and two start and a five to one hammering of since cfc
1: do you find that ironic or just roll the dice i don't know i mean i mean coming from an organization i don't you can't get caught up in the noise no i I mean i don't think we have the cowboys white house down the street from arlington stadium so i don't think we have anything to worry about there because these guys are pros they had two years to to recruit these pros I, i mean i don't think there's any noise to that i mean no i just found it funny you know,
0: because immediately you know you know Twitter the hellhole that it is right now. The uh the the rumor mill was, you know, they're out for us,
1: you know, don't drink the water, it's spiked now. I I mean the drug tests piss off, um uh, no pun intended. Yeah, piss, about, piss in. Yeah, piss in. How about the five to one just coming off two losses this is a really good team they're the head of the shield before new england wins that game before our delay um are are you kidding me five to one
0: yeah you know it was um, you know reflecting after the weekend and, and especially since
1: uh the game had the weather uh delay you had everybody freaking I out. I loved it, by the way, because I, I, know, just, I just hung out with my family and friends, and it was phenomenal.
0: No, I'm with you. Um, it, it, it was one of those things where I was like, this is cool. you know. And I said in the episode, I, you probably caught it, where I'm like, hey, they were super lucky that we scored three minutes in. Yeah. Because everybody's potential irritation or frustration with the weather delay and getting in or missing the game or whatever went away pretty quick.
1: Kudos to the Cincinnati fans who showed up in droves. And then one thing that I noticed in the stadium, because I love Pat Noonan as a dude, a person, um, friend of mine, uh, really excited to see him progress. Did you catch the amount of Team Noonan shirts that were in there? There were a lot. They were
0: all. They were all standing around. I mean, there wasn't
1: seven people that just hey, let's go to the t-shirt shop and make them. There was a lot.
0: Yeah, there was at least twenty. That was awesome. Yeah, that was that was super cool. Um, So we have a game coming up. um, Play the Rapids on Saturday. Uh, They're eleventh in the West. Um, You know, it's one of those things. Like I'm done. I'm done predicting. I think we're going to go out. We're going to play the exact same way we've been playing. It's Going to be high press, high speed, create issues. The only question mark that I have, if I'm going to be a nerd analyst for the minute, two minutes that we actually get in the weeds here, elevation. You're going to Colorado. It does make a difference, you know, because we've been typically burning people out in the 70th minute. We're still running, and they're not. Um, it's the only. If if I'm going to like, for the sake of. Being a devil's advocate, that's the only thing I can think of, but I think we win the game easily, personally.
1: Uh, I'm on board with that. Um, I just think that we're seeing time after time, um, example after example, that this machine that they have built and this style of play that we are done even questioning, it is extremely difficult to play against. So um, I know Colorado gets to train in it, but they're playing the game in the same elevation. And uh, play against that brand and see if you got your wind.
0: Yep. Uh, last thing I want to talk about uh, before we take a break and, and roll our guests in here in a little bit. Um, we got to talk about them. Our friends, quote friends from across the state. Um, I keep following socials just to see what their where their mindset is. You know, the, the KC fans, the team, their posts, are, are they resilient? Or are they defeated? And it's just, it's set the point now where I'm not going to stop. But I do feel f- sorry for them a little bit. And I, I was looking at their stats. I was looking at the, you know, clearly they're in last place. But you know what the stat that stood out to me the most was?
1: I think I know. Two. <laughs> <laughs> two. Due. Uh, dos. Two. And you can add a zero to that for us, and that's the difference. In seven games.
0: Goals. It's like, how is that even possible? I mean, legitimately, how is that possible? So, you know, we feel for them. I have to assume they'll at least get to four before the end of the uh, season. Double their count, right?
1: I mean, are we serious? Two flipping goals (laughs) in seven games. Hey, 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 hey. Two. Hey, the, you're talking about the soccer capital of America
0: there. Be careful. Two. It's only two. Two. <laughs> so have fun with that, Casey. We're out of here. We're going to take a quick break. Guests just walked in. We are going to uh, get him a beer. We'll be right back for the conversation of the day. See you. See you. Hello, people. We're back. Got our guest here. Jared bought him a beer, actually pulled his wallet out, put a card on the table. <laughs>
1: yeah. I just wanted to show him a picture of my kid on my phone. <laughs>
0: <laughs> and then you had me carefully pull his uh, his credit card out, right? He's paying today. Yeah. Uh, I play like You guys know this song?
2: This I actually don't. Song.
0: You don't? You know the band, right? <laughs> I wish I did.
1: Uh, uh, Queen?
0: Uh, you might have heard of them. You U2. U2. Oh, U2. Okay. Um,
1: yeah. yeah, I heard of them.
0: The song is Miss Sarajevo. Okay,
2: okay. let's go. Yeah, you oh, see
0: yeah. what I'm doing there? I, I, I like it already. Yeah. We are, uh, as you can tell, our guest is already on the mic with us today, playing a little Miss Sarajevo. In honor of his uh, motherland, absolutely honorary land, we have Mister
2: Otto Yahic. Yahic, how are you doing, Otto? Hey, I'm good. Thank you guys for having me. And by the way, great pronunciation on the last name. I'm I'm I'm, I'm very versed
1: um, with the Bosnian community because I got to play them a lot <laughs> in those money adult tournaments all growing up, <laughs> <laughs> and um, they weren't fun to play against.
0: No, <laughs> well, I mean, it's, you know, great, great people, maybe a little rough. Yeah, it's it's look, I, you know, I, 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 play, I played I played, in, I played in those leagues back in the day and I played in one up in Chicago too. Uh extremely competitive, but much, much safer than Fairmont City
2: on a Sunday. <laughs> <laughs> You're probably right. <laughs> uh, I definitely want to say those were super competitive tournaments and I actually grew up <laughs> going to those and. Uh, Thinking back on it now, I was like, I wish I could just play in one of these tournaments one day with these guys and against these guys because it it just seems so intense. And that Uh. was the top level for me at the time.
0: It's it's, it's pretty cool. You know, St. Louis is one of those uh, communities, and and, and frankly, most metropolitan cities are the same in the sense that you have these ethnic pockets that when it comes to the game, soccer in particular, there's always these like open to old men and there's no delineation
1: well i can tell you this here's the they play forever with with the indoor tournaments the miter the open cup the all these things that that we play here you know there's a hodgepodge (laughs) of domestic players that play on different teams whoever gets sponsored whoever gets a group together so there's four or five of those competitive teams and if you're lucky enough to be on the good team in that tournament because you're healthy and you have enough guys for subs you always end up playing the Bosnians, in the and finals. you had the and you
0: had the eight dollars for the uh, free T-shirt, and you always end
1: up playing the freaking Bosnians in the finals.
0: Yeah, you know, I I found that to be true too. I mean, maybe I don't, walk us through this. Why why is it when we go to say Soccer Dome in Webster at nine thirty that there's you know fifteen twenty kind of slightly overweight West County <laughs> dudes and about seven thousand Bosnians. Out there ready to roll and you guys like walk around with backpacks with every single color shirt so you can just stay out there and play
2: (laughs) no i think it just goes back to to the roots i mean if growing up in Bosnia and being Bosnia in general, I mean, over there, s- soccer is the only sport. There, there, sure. There's no basketball, there's no football, there's no baseball. So it's it's either you play soccer or you don't play a sport at all. So just growing up and those guys, especially the first generations, the, the ones you guys grew up against and still play against in those tournaments, that's all those guys knew. And that was kind of their escape of the reality of what's going on in the country and the war and everything. So... Those guys live, breathe, eat soccer, and I think it's carried on to the younger generation with us. So oh, yeah.
0: So let's let's go back. Let's go ahead and rewind the tape then a little bit. Um, kind of set the table for our listeners. Um, you you clearly are Bosnian. Um, you've been here. H- how old were you when you came, or were you were you born here? Give us a little bit of the background, and let's talk about uh, Bevo and South County and that community and what it means to you.
2: Yeah, I mean the community is. Everything from me and the support that I've gotten from them and still get to this day is, is just truly really incredible, and I'm, I'm grateful for that all. Uh, I, I was born in Bosnia in 1997. My family moved here in 2001, so the funny thing actually is my parents applied right after the war for a visa to the United States in '95, and they got denied. So they reapplied once I was born, and once they went to the U.S. Embassy in Sarajevo, they told them, we'll, we'll let you guys go this time because for the sake of your kid and his future. So phenomenal. Really? Flippin' phenomenal. That's awesome.
0: How, how much? How much of um, the war, what they went through, you know, as you were younger and growing up, were you? Were you? Were, did they make you really privy to it? Did they? Did they? Was it like a daily or a regular history lesson, or was it something that? Uh, because I know a number of Bosnian families, and and I and it feels as if the camps are split. There's half the camps that are like, we're never going to forget. We're always going to talk about it. And then there's the other calf that's like,
1: out of sight, out of mind.
0: No, they, they want to move on and they, and they don't want their kids and everything to kind of know what happened. What was your childhood like in regards to that?
2: I I think my parents wanted me to know what happened, what went down, but they also knew that what happened doesn't represent 90% of the people from that country there's still good people everywhere there, it's it's the politicians and the guys up there the the small 10% that are causing all those issues for the rest of the people but I do agree it it's a split camp and the reason it's split is is how affected you were by the war by the region you, you were in the country and the guys that are really upset are the guys that are probably from the middle of Bosnia like Srebrenica that lost 8,000 people in one day so a little bit harder to forgive and forget for those guys absolutely you know so
0: 90 percent good people 10 percent shitheads basically right
2: yeah i would say so uh does that remind
0: you of anything going on today <laughs>
2: i would say that how about
0: how about you jared uh, <laughs> <laughs> uh,
1: yeah yeah i guess you're probably right it's pretty um, close man I, think, I mean maybe it's higher than 10 percent here uh 11 minimum
0: of 11 <laughs>
2: uh, I...
1: So, so okay. So, you, so you were born over there. You came over
0: here when you were one, two. Uh, I
2: was four years old.
0: Oh, you were four. Okay. So you get over here, um, like so many other uh, Bosnian immigrants, they land in this little neighborhood in the like the furthest place away from the ocean ever. Um, talk, talk, talk about your youth in Bevo, uh, the community. You know, and and specifically, at what age and what did youth soccer look like for you growing up in Bevo?
2: I mean, it it just started off as something for fun for us, but obviously, uh, my parents had a choice to either move to St. Louis or Baton Rouge, Louisiana, and they're like, they didn't know where either place was on the map, but they heard there's more Bosnian families in St. Louis, so we opted on coming here, and my parents came here with one suitcase and $100 in their pocket. And they were placed in a social home and basically figure it out from there. Wow. With a four-year-old that wants everything he sees, wants to do what other kids are doing. But it just wasn't possible for them to be able to give that to me at that age.
0: That's crazy. So how old were you when you started playing?
2: Uh, I was six. And the way it started is all all these Bosnian families, they would go to Ekleberg Park, which is right down Bevo Mill. And Mm -hmm. the older older Bosnians would be playing on a futsal court, concrete court then all the little kids would just be there and we'd be knocking the ball around. And when the parents got the idea, they're like, hey, let's bring these kids together and let's start a little soccer team. and See, what, just let these kids have some relief and feel like other kids in the community, let them be part of something. That's really how it got going. That's awesome.
1: And so, coincidentally, they were probably hammers uh, <laughs> and they got to play other kids in the oh, community. Oh, I guarantee. And maybe didn't lose that often.
0: Um, no, you know, because it, during those years, that was also uh, the Obizevich days was, you know, he was clearly on the rise. Um, how old were you uh, when you realized or did you meet or were aware of him and the trajectory that he was on? Uh, and then uh, you also have Adnan, right? Um, another name that clearly you're familiar with. Talk, talk about some of those guys that were the north star as far as like pinnacle players coming out of the community out of that particular neighborhood what was their role in your childhood you know, from a mentor idol standpoint
2: i mean i think vidad just speaking for the majority of the Bosnians that were growing up playing i think he, he was the idol for us all i mean a, a kid from slew high school from slew university to be able to sign for psg straight out of college was something that was eye-opening and the, the way that it kind of happened was the same people that were running the youth soccer for us were the guys that helped Vidal get to that pedestal. So we're like, if, if they can make it happen for Vidal, if we work hard enough and believe in ourselves and, and we put in the work, why can't it be us?
0: So you, but you skipped over the fact that he went to Roosevelt. High school. <laughs> yeah, I love that part of the story because it's like, you know, we're, we're so used to, you know, literally century plus of St. Louis soccer players and, you know, the, the, most of the pedigree always kind of checks certain boxes, right? Slew High or CBC or whatever. And then you have Vidad, who, <laughs> you know, clearly went to the highest level and it's like Roosevelt. I love that, you know? And, and I think that be, because of the community, um, what what was it like, you know, because you guys were, uh, clearly majority were going to public schools here in the city, uh, but, You know, most people know Bevo is a unique neighborhood, Uh, not that there were walls around it, but there was kind of an invisible wall in, you know, to a degree. What was it like living down there, um, kind of in a community like St. Louis and, you know, did you you feel like it's home? You know, describe that part a little bit.
2: I would say. Obviously, Bevo w- was great for all of us and the South City community, but I-, I don't think any of these families saw this as a permanent home, as where we want to raise all our children, where we want to be around 24-7, just because when we were down there, the, it's not, it's no hidden secret that there was crime going on, that mm-hmm. there's st- stuff happening down there. So I think for a majority sure. of these Bosnian families, just like mine, it's like, hey, how fast can we save enough? Na- save up and get out of here can we get to the county can we get somewhere else to give our kids maybe a better pedestal and lifestyle and effort to provide a better pathway for them
0: which your pathway took you to Melville High School Melville High School talk talk about the Melville days a little bit and then uh, you know you got through your college, uh, or excuse me, your high school career, and that took you to Bradley and SIU. Uh, talk about your soccer experience at Melville, some of those games, your coaches, and you know, and roll
2: us into your college years. Yeah, so I would say Melville was probably one of the most special parts of my career, just because I was I played in the academy, and you guys know in the academy you can't play high school soccer. So my two years in the academy, uh, going into my junior year of high school all my buddies were a year older than me and they were seniors. And they're like, Hey, you know, things we can do. Maybe if you can help us out. And I was like, freak it, let's, let's give it a try. Let's nice. do it. And I mean, it was probably the most fun I've had playing soccer. Wait,
0: wait, wait a second though. Let me make it clear. You, you stepped off the academy team so that you could
2: play high school. Correct. I texted <clears throat> Kevin Kalish, who was my coach at the day. And I was yes. like, I think I'm going to play high school. And he's like, do you like, do you realize what decision you're making? And I was like, coach. Yeah, I, I think I'm gonna do it.
0: So okay, so that conversation has come up so many times on, on the show uh, with and other in co- my
2: life and,
1: and uh, yeah, I mean, how many times have we talked about
0: it? Yeah, so. coaches and academy coaches and high school coaches because we we've had uh, Coach Mickler on, we've had Gene Baker from Granite City, we you know, and we uh, uh, oh my God, Tim Belton, Belton, Belton. from Webster, yeah. mm-hmm. uh, you know, and there's very very strong opinions of uh, for those players. Uh, that have the choice of academy versus high school you're one of the very very few that i mean there are others that have made the decision but you did you did step off the academy into back into the high school world what's your thoughts on that choice you know what should kids think also about being
1: involved in a club now that Or you were involved in many clubs. You were involved in Scott Gallagher, and yeah. now you're the, congratulations, technical director of the St. Louis Stars Club. Um, that's a hot-button topic at Scott Gallagher, as you know. So you kind of have graduated out of that program and have been on the other side, if you will.
0: Yeah, what would, I think the question is this for me. What would you say to to a... Uh, sophomore or junior that has the ability to play either way you know that would be going to a potentially competitive high school assuming all things being equal what would you say to that individual you know things that they should think about
2: just to answer your question on how important it was in the beginning uh, I would say that my junior high school with Melville was the turning point in my career for, for me to take it to the next level just because in the academy there's several several good players as you guys know and sometimes you're limited to a certain role on what you can do and how much you can prove and really show game time stuff like that and going to my high school and getting be able to be the man to be the man every single game to lead the conference to be player of the year I mean to gain a little bit of mojo absolutely, absolutely. yeah, absolutely from from a confidence standpoint one time went back to the academy I was like i'm ready to compete with anybody like i had that i needed that boost just to know like hey i got this in me i can still do this stuff well
0: kalish kalish came on the show a while back and he actually had a comment he talked about um you you know his his locker room and he, he by a show of hands how many of you have you his his slew players how many of you have played for a trophy you know how many of you played for a state cup you know and there's very few hands that came up and what he was referencing was really competition. You know, not, not, not just to play the game competitively, but to play to win. Um, That's kind of what you did. Um, How important do you think it is for these really high level players to find a way to integrate more uh, competitiveness to win versus player development?
2: I think it's super important, I think there's, I think league play like them less next does is a great thing, but when there's a trophy on the line, there's a different mojo to the game when you know you're playing for something, or representing, uh, for example, you're you're representing your high school, your community against these other schools, you wanna show out in the best, in the best light possible. So I think it's important that kids are playing for something and that there's a meaning behind these games and all this competition.
0: So do you you see now in hindsight as you train other kids at you know at all levels can can you see that um, well let me you know we, we we've asked historically and I'm looking at Jared here uh, about uh, trainers identifying it in a player right can you see comp- competition or competitive blood in players differently that do play high school I mean Is there a different approach because there, you know, those players that are in the academy level that just train and train and train and train and they just want to kind of uh, one up themselves? It's different. You know, what what do you look for in players now from a competition standpoint?
2: I think the biggest thing is their desire and their willingness to work. So, I mean, two biggest things I always tell my kiddos is not every not every day is going to be your best day. You're going to have off days. It's not going to be perfect every day. But with the right attitude and effort, that's the only two things I care about. Show up with the right attitude, put in 100% effort because my 100% might be different than yours. So holding yourself to that standard, I think, is how you can really get that out of kiddos and get that competition level.
1: Well said. Well said. Let, let me – so we're going to the college days a little bit here. Yep. You um, – my timetable is a little um, – timeline is not maybe accurate, which you will correct. So you go to Bradley. Um, um and then you also spent time at Southern Illinois University. Was Jim DeRose the coach at Bradley?
2: Jim DeRose was the coach at Bradley.
1: And then and then, was Kevin at SIU?
2: No, it was Mario Sanchez, who's, the, who's at Louisville City right now.
1: Okay, so um, where do you get recruited from out of Melville? Where do you go first? Um, why do you leave? And then um, just give us a 10,000-foot view of your four years in college and um, – yeah. I think our listeners would be, um, with the success you've had with the ambush, with the success you've had with the U.S. Uh, futsal team, um, give us the 10,000 foot
2: view of your uh, 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 college career. So during the academy years, I played my freshman, sophomore year in the academy, really not talking to many schools. After my junior year in high school, I had, I think it was 16 Division one offers. Just after one year of high school soccer, guys seen me play for three months. So I think that's where I go back to the confidence standpoint. But ultimately, it came down to SIUE, Bradley, UWGB, and Louisville. And again, going back to my early days, my parents didn't come here with much. The school that gave me the most money, maybe even if it didn't fit my style of play, was the school I was going to probably end up at. And Bradley gave me this incredible offer that I really couldn't turn down. And that's how I ended up at Bradley.
1: That makes complete sense because I don't know who in the hell in their right mind, were, whether you came from Bosnia, war torn country, or you, a, you know, or Algie, or Augie Bush was your county. dad. <laughs> um, to me, coincidentally, and this is what I would always tell anybody, that school because of their offer and they were
2: probably on you early, they wanted you a whole hell of a lot. Yeah. So that makes that makes a big deal. Absolutely, those guys made me feel important from day one, and again, like I said, I. F- it was almost like I owed it to my parents. My parents put in every dollar they had for me to be able to play in the academies, to travel with all the other kids. It was kind of my repayment to them that these they don't have to pay for school. If I'm going to college, they're not paying for it. So it's like, hey, like I got your guys' back just like you guys had mine all my life. So let's, I,
0: I, want, I want to peel that onion back a little bit further um, because I love these stories. Cause I, I, remember, I remember my own personal story whenever I got the offers and you know, because uh, we, we could use the help financially. I mean, it was, it was college was going to be 100% on me going out of the gate. You clearly illustrated and talked about you, you, you know the situation that you came from and where your parents came from, and they went from 100 bucks in their pocket to you uh, as a junior going into senior year. You get all these D1 offers, and their, their baby boy uh, is going to go to college in America as a Division one soccer player. What was their reaction? Like what, what, what was that the day that you made that decision? What did they do?
2: I, uh, I walked into my mom crying and I couldn't get her to, to hold herself back that's probably for now. awesome. Just because I'm the first person in the family to go to college just because they didn't have that chance with the war breaking out and any of that stuff. So to be the first one to do it, and that's kind of when stuff just started happening fast at the same time I committed. I got invited into the Bosnia national team for the European national championships. Oh, wonderful. So, got to go compete over there, and I would say that was one of the better do, years. Do you have any siblings? Uh, I have a younger sister now that's in college. Nice. Got it. So,
1: 2015 16 is when I guess you're in, Bradley, if I'm doing the timeline right? Correct. And so, Peoria is great and that conference is great. That coach is a freaking ace. Big out Al- Big Owls uh, is amazing. Big and, then, <laughs> and you guys are playing in that old Cardinals minor league stadium, which was phenomenal yeah. for a soccer yeah. stadium. So talk
2: about those years at Bradley a little bit. Uh, it was absolutely incredible. I mean, coming in, my big thing is going back to the competition. I, I want to play, that's the way I get my energy and that's the way I feed. There's no, There was no need for me to go to a top 10 school and not play until my junior year. So. That was my thing. I got into Bradley. I played off the bat, and it, we didn't have the greatest season. But I learned so much through my freshman and sophomore year. But unfortunately, I, I, fortunately, I transferred to SIUE just because the style of play at Bradley at the time was was not something that fitted me. But it was extremely
1: direct and,
2: extremely and, and, and not. They don't keep the ball. Extremely and direct. And they're,
1: they're, plus, you have to play against Missouri State, so you just had no chance, <laughs> right? That's one. <when> well, <laughs> I've,
0: I've been keeping track. It took him 21 minutes and 57 <laughs> seconds to mention Missouri State in this conversation. Yeah. So good job, Jared. Uh, 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 over under. And real quick, I want to introduce uh, one of our Carpool Ooh. co-hosts. Finally showed up today. It's his anniversary, and sorry, Mandy, but uh, Zach likes his job here on the mic. How you doing, Zach? Try that again
1: i do i'm good there we go <laughs> your, your beard looks wonderful My did, beard? yeah did you go did you get it groomed or is that just you're doing no. looks full looks manly
3: well, you know yeah one of it those it does uh, grow when i don't cut it
1: yeah, that's called stress
3: yeah it does
0: look a little bit more uh, white
3: uh yeah i've been turning white uh about how old is ansley she's 17 yeah about 17 years <laughs> yeah. and then grady got in and then it accelerated yeah, real yeah. quick.
0: Sorry about that, Otto. <laughs> Happy anniversary, by the way. Thank
2: you. Otto.
0: Yeah, he's uh, he's got a hat for you. There you go. No, <laughs> that's a nice one. Hey, so so college days, you you make the transfer. You, uh, you pick a playing style. Um, your next two years at SIU, uh, they run their course. When and where did the invite to the uh, Bosnian camps? Uh, what age were you when those came down and how did how did you juggle that
2: so that was my logistically? junior and senior year so I went with the U17s the U19s and the U21s uh, I believe it was nine caps total but just unbelievable experience getting to play for, for the country that you heard so much about that you didn't get to live in and kind of represent them at that highest level but just from the stylist standpoint at Bradley that we talked about you guys know St. Louis soccer and how Gallagher is possession based. Mm-hmm. You grow up in this right. beautiful side of soccer, and then you go there and you're hitting long balls for ninety minutes, and you're like, yeah, <laughs> it doesn't work. And yeah. you got Tim Regan so, just yeah. head hunting. Regan is awesome. I love Regan. So, yeah.
0: so, so, what, what was the vibe when you when you went and you played with uh, the U17s, U19s, etc.? Uh, what was the vibe? You know, being an expat. You know, you're you're living in St. Louis, Missouri. Uh, what what was the locker room like with uh, the rest of your teammate, uh, because you, were there a lot of American, you know, uh, residents over? Were you the only one? What what was the chemistry like?
2: So I was the only one. And I mean, my first experience was just kind of eye-opening because I pulled up the roster and it's like, okay, there's this auto kid from St. Louis Scott Gallagher Academy. And then there's three players from Borussia Dortman, two from Bayern, one from FC Köln. And you're like, what, what am I getting myself into? You know, am, am I ready for this? But once you get over there, and this is the kind of ironic thing, it's like when we got to America, we're considered immigrants because we're not from here. We're accustomed to, we're trying to get accustomed to the American lifestyle. And then I go back over there, and they don't view me as 100% Bosnian. They're like this, this American kid's here, and yeah, you know, he, he's trying to take our spot. So it's like, where, where is my home? Yeah, like, yeah.
0: <laughs> so, so the locker room was it hostile territory friendly did you earn your keep how'd that go
2: uh i definitely think i earned my respect over time but in the beginning i mean there, there's clicks got got and that's kind of how it is in the professional world sometimes too G- guys avoid you there's certain clicks and if you don't fit in that click you know you're the odd man out but i feel like once you show People, your character and your ability on the field. I feel like everybody likes a good player. Work weight goes a long way too. Yeah, yeah.
0: Absolutely. So so going back to the parent question, then I'm going to add another layer to the question I asked earlier. So mom cries for days. You get a college scholarship. Uh, you then get the phone call from the national team. Uh, which did they cry more on?
2: Holy moly. Probably the Bosnia national team, just because obviously it's a huge pride for me, but for them that it, it, it was even more me, able to go back and have all those experiences because every time I went back, I got to stay an extra two, three weeks and experience the homeland more and more, and I feel like that's why I'm so attached to to the country and love it so much. So did your dad go out on the front porch
0: and just start yelling at all the neighbors, you know, kind of <laughs> like a... Uh Scene from Christmas Story, right? Uh, and, you know,
2: I don't
0: know. You know how'd that uh, go? What, what, did, what did your dad say? Because you talked a little bit about your mom's reaction. What What was that conversation like with him when all this was playing
2: out? I think it's just a proud, proud dad moment. And I, I just listening to Brad's podcast uh, before me and kind of the same experience as growing up. Uh, I think my dad saw the potential in me as I was growing up and he was a little bit harder on me. And sometimes... It, it lighted me on and sometimes it turned me away from the sport. So when I finally like broke through and he, he started seeing that success, I feel like it was a super proud moment for him. And I feel like I got a thousand pounds, you know, off my shoulders by being able to give that to him. And so uh, that's okay, freaking awesome. Thanks okay, so, for sharing so, that. so
0: yeah, so he was, so he was a high pressure dad Absolutely. early. Uh, was he your coach or was he just at training or was one of, was he one of those dads? That the second you got in the car going home, he tell you 10 things you didn't do right or you know what was you know and then at what point did it stop and did you guys become father and son again
2: yeah i would say from 8 to 14 he was my biggest critic but he was also my biggest fan he was the first one to applaud me when i did something right but if i wasn't working if i wasn't doing something that, that can help the team or he knows that there's more in me yeah on the car right home He'd be like you didn't do this this and this and th- this is how you can improve when I think it really changed was is when I got into high school, when I made the academy team at Scott Gallagher. And that's he realized I was under really good coaches and under a really good program. And he kind of backed away and let those guys do their magic on me.
1: You mentioned um, with your kids now, um, and you're not going to have your best day, you mentioned those years from 8 to 14. Um, us three are living those years, and we're on the back side of those years. And I, and I can speak for myself because um, it, it, it is it's like a it's like a graph. I mean, this eight to fourteen year old kid that I had has had some really good days, really bad days, really good times, injuries, this that, growing the whole time. It's tough from eight to fourteen, and to have a dad that's that's hard on you. Um, it's not all cupcakes and rainbows. And, and, and kudos to you and your dad and getting through that and um, that is a real tough time. And, and that's the development of years. You know, I I wish I could have had this podcast or had these friends or had the knowledge I
2: have now seven years ago when my kid's going to turn eight. Yeah. I mean, the, I I hope you parents are tuning into this because the information that they can get out of this is incredible and can seriously help the development of their child, but even from the behavioral side of the, of the parents. But yeah, the, the pressure from my dad, it was either going to make or break me. And thankfully, it was one way or the uh, than the other.
0: So let's jump to post college real quick, because <clears throat> we're, we're going to talk more about that in a little bit. I, I actually guy Zach, you'll be proud of me. I have notes today What? and he started talking about something Whoa. that's at the bottom of my note list and I'm not going to go out of order today. So I'm going to bring it back
3: <laughs> True. Well done, JB. Well done. You like that. <laughs> yeah.
0: Um, let's talk post college. Uh, you, you, you leave SIUE, um, what, what was that path uh, you clearly kept playing? What came first? Uh, when was the introduction or the invite to U.S. Fo- futsal national team? Where did that come into play? You know, just give us kind of a roadmap of post-college playing days
2: uh just real quick straight uh saue i went to fk sarajevo so the song you were playing earlier uh most coveted team in bosnia plays europa league qualifiers champions league qualifiers so going into that environment uh got sent out on loan two times after the second time i was like i didn't my contract was running up they wanted to extend uh i headed back home and Ambush gave me a call, started playing some indoor soccer, didn't realize how different indoor soccer is than outdoor soccer, so just a learning experience there, and then the futsal national team stuff started happening uh, early last year. Okay, so so then uh,
0: from a player technical standpoint, um, you, you you briefly touched on it, the transition from full field outdoor 11-11 to Ambush indoor, um, and then you know, moving into futsal, you talk about the training that you went through because uh, it seems as if most players, your boys included, Zach uh, and, and Jared, uh, they go the other way with futsal early, 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 and then, little, and, and then the field gets bigger, but your career path is, it seems to have gone the, the other way. How was that for you and how did you transition your playing style?
2: Well, thankfully, my playing style was always uh, I was always a more technical player. So I was I loved playing in tight spaces. So even uh, growing up when we would scrimmage at training, I always loved playing 6v6 on 99 goals instead of an 11v11 game. Less running, more touches on the ball. You get to show your creativity. So so you're saying you're lazy, less well, running, I'm right? going to test that <laughs> plane with him. He, he is very quick. He's very technical.
1: So his game translates, uh, translates well to that small-sided, uh, that fast-paced futsal court. I could. I uh, mean, it makes sense.
0: Your your
1: wife is quick compared to you these days. I don't know, dude. Come I'm on. pretty fucking fast. <laughs>
2: <laughs> but, but no.
0: So so training-wise, then, really, y- 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 it was easy for you, um, specifically on the futsal side. Um, what does that environment look like? Because uh, futsal is gaining in popularity uh, here in the states. It, it clearly was huge in Brazil and a number of European countries. Um, Talk about the futsal game, your, your your relationship to it, and, you know, any suggestions for parents that are like, what is it and should I put my son in it I or mean, daughter in it?
2: Excuse me. Like, I think futsal has to be part of the pathway for youth players growing up. <clears throat> I mean, this, the play, the speed of the play, learning to play in those tight situations, the decision-making. I mean, I wish I could have played futsal growing up at least half the year. And, I mean, That's why you see all these Southern American countries and a couple European countries that do futsal. So in Brazil, kids play futsal and soccer up until the age of 13, and then they decide if they want to be a full-time futsal player or a full-time soccer player. So countries like that, I mean, if you watch Vinicius Jr. with Real Madrid, a lot of his movements and his creativity is futsal stuff. If you you understand futsal and you see these guys, you're like, okay, like, this only comes for futsal you only learn this at futsal so i think it, it's a huge part of the player pathway when well, i
3: love it too is we mentioned this in the santiago beltran episode the passion of the fans is different as well it's a different experience from a viewing perspective it's a different experience with the players it's way more intense my son was like you probably prefers playing the smaller sided games uh, where it's a little more intense, a little more creative, higher speed, a little less running. (laughs) At least you're not doing 80-yard sprint and then having to sprint back to cover. So uh, talk a little bit about just how when you're in those those futsal environments, were you able then to translate that back to the larger field or did you kind of just internalize a separate playing style for futsal versus outdoor Uh, uh,
2: futsal made everything 10 times easier for me now when i go on an outdoor just go play with the buddies 11 v 11 i'm like how is there so much space how did (laughs) i not know about this eight years ago you know when i was in college when i was playing like it just feels way way easier being on the big field because you're so used to a tight space turning in the transitions everything everything that futsal requires and i mean if I can give one piece of advice is get your kids playing futsal early just for their development purposes. So then,
3: you know, with, with Scott Gallagher, there was always a little contention around futsal. Um, and I think now that those leagues are starting to get a little bit larger and the younger kids are starting to play, do you see futsal kind of taking on a new life within St. Louis soccer? Because it's not always been a thing uh that the traditionalists would, would push for
2: so i uh, i definitely think it's going to be a thing and, and i truly do believe in it so one of the reasons i ended up leaving gallagher in the winter was i wanted to start my futsal club and obviously yeah. working for a big club like that it's either they take the futsal with you or you go do it on your own and yeah i believe in it i believe in it enough that i left my job and started my futsal club and opened it up good. and i mean it's been great so far so i'm loving it good
0: so Again, you're talking out of order of my list here. But <laughs> he doesn't have your list. He should know, though. It's a, I don't know. No. Uh, I, I have a, a final question. The note t-
1: experiment is not going well.
0: It's not going well. You know, I tried. That's why we should just... Dis- Kim, Kim, my wife,
1: you know, you guys know Kim. Kim is my wife. She's like,
0: why are you so unorganized? I'm like, you know what? I'll prove to you I'm organized. So I became organized and I don't like it.
3: <laughs> well, but you gotta you got to embrace that the notes are just talking points that could possibly come up at any given point during i the know th- but i whoa, think whoa, uh, whoa, but whoa. i think
0: i think what i'm really realizing about myself is i probably have like i'm very obsessive compulsive mm-hmm. and therefore if i don't have a list hides itself but But now i have a list and i become kim
1: comes from a world of organizational and numbers and matter of fact i know we're having beers and talking about soccer i know So which is better
3: fail
0: (laughs) um here's what i would like you to address because you've you've alluded to it and we've touched on it a little bit in different segments of our conversation today uh you talked about it in as far as uh, you know, ch- changing from academy to high school and then switching from Bradley to SIUE. And then now you're talking about the variation and the benefits and the differences in futsal, indoor to outdoor and space, et cetera. And really what you're talking about is playing styles. Um, you know, and right now you have, you know, in a, and I'm speaking specifically to academy level or similar players. How important is it for those kids and really for the parents to understand uh, playing styles, uh, good fits, um, y- you know, in your case, possession, you know, ball movement, keep the ball versus, say, a high press, high speed. How, how much more uh, how important is that part of evaluating young players playing styles and being cognizant of what kind of player they are How important do you think that is in their decision-making process as they evaluate high school or
2: college? I think that's everything. I mean, you have to find a fit and a style that's gonna suit you and allow you to be successful. And I mean, even if that's not going to a school as strong, but that fits your style, because speaking from experience, go to that school that's gonna suit your style just so you can succeed and truly flourish the way that they, they you're meant to be because if you're in a system, let's just use for an example. If uh, if you're number nine, you're a forward and you're playing for a school that plays five from the back and they only rely on defending, you're not going to score many goals. If your goal is to get to the next level, you have to put yourself in positions to be successful in that spot. I love Unless it.
1: Sure, Holland. <laughs> <laughs> he can play on any. I
0: mean, you put him on any team. What do you think of Holland? I think he's unstoppable right now. <laughs>
3: exactly.
0: Holland or Mbappe? Who do you take? Holland. I take Holland, too. All day. Oh, we, I, you're a convert. <laughs> you no, were, you no. weren't there. No. Why, what do you mean? I thought you were an Mbappe. No. Vote camp. Who was that? I think so. Oh, that's
3: probably Mike Cornelius. Yeah, definitely not me. <laughs> I like Mbappe. Don't get me wrong. I think he's a genius, but... Yeah. He doesn't have 47 goals in the English Premier League right now.
1: And he's more of a flank player, if you're asking me, and they're not the same positions. They, I mean, so I guess you can pick between the two, but I like to have them both on the same field. <laughs> oh, my, oh God. my God. Did
3: you read the stat the other day? And I, I'm going to get the exact number wrong, but of his 40-something goals, 90%
2: were one touch. That's yes. Fox in the box.
0: Yeah. It's, it's true striker.
3: It's
2: crazy.
0: Do, it, 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 Do you th- in your opinion, is he the best player in the world right now? No, no. Oh, my God. Hey, thanks for joining us. We'll (laughs) talk to you. Who
2: who do you got? Uh, Form wise, I I, I like Benzema a little bit more. I I think he brings a little bit more to the game. Holland scores goals all the time. But if you look at Benzema's link of play, his creativity. Real Madrid without Benzema is not the same team. I I agree with that. Man City can still be Man City without Holland.
1: Yeah, but they would be short.
3: Minus like, 47, 47 goals.
2: goals. <laughs> what, what about the
1: Bayern thing when like they played the other day? Bayern hadn't scored a goal in nine games, and uh, Holland had 14. <laughs>
3: I know. No, it's crazy. W- what team do you guys support? Well, I saw your bio. You're, you guys will get along really well. Uh, blue They're Chelsea fans. <laughs> I've i said this before. I My heart is with Tottenham, which is really hard. Is that why Tough it's broken life. all the time? <laughs> it's broken. Uh, <laughs> I, I love, like to do Blue Devils. Oh That's great. Um, I uh, <laughs> I love to watch Man City play. I just uh, Kevin De Bruyne is my favorite player, phenomenal in guy. The world right now. I'm not saying he's the best. i he's my favorite player to watch. And when he's got a weapon like Holland up top, there's no, It's yeah, unreal what they could do.
0: All right, refill time. We're gonna roll out. I wish that I knew now what I knew then. What I knew then. Right. Is that thought your thought mantra I knew for then? not
3: doing cool. notes next time?
0: I think I, I wish think I would so. have known that I'm actually going to uninstall notes from my MacBook.
3: <laughs> Kim. Otto, thank you. We'll be right back. M's.
0: We'll cover some more. See, you. yes, Kim. 2ms.
1: Later. I'm ready. Born ready. Mm. But you're not ready. The notes have just just the notes have got them. Did you so
0: let me best. ask
3: you this? Did you number them or are they bullets? No, no. no. They're
1: they're way
0: too small a font and nope in I'm having a hard time reading them too. I am just pissed off about my notes, guys. Oh hi. <laughs> Okay, Jared, take it over. We're back. Down here, well spent brewing. Um I forgot to mention at the out at the, uh the kickoff here. Um we we love all the support, you know, continue to follow us if you don't mind we, we really appreciate it more than anything and i've said this the last few times we're at the point now where give it a little share send it to a friend send it to another one of those soccer dads or a soccer mom that you know is that person send it to them and say hey here's this is cheaper than therapy
3: <laughs> right and jared's funnier
0: jared's way funnier I had somebody text me the other day, because if you're following the show, we had Santiago Beltran on the other day.
3: I've been thinking about that (laughs) for days. I'm still laughing every time I think about it.
0: Okay, I'll give you guys uh, kind of a recap as to what happened. Very, very sweet man, giving us a heartfelt description of his background, path, etc. Talks about being from Colombia. And we said something about uh, his college graduation, and, and Jared, what was your what was your quote?
3: Did you go to Mizzou? Did you go to Mizzou?
0: And he and his and his <laughs> response was, "No, I went to Houston University." <laughs>
3: yeah. <laughs> the joke just flew, and and JB and I just let I, him fly I looked right at him like, door. "No,
0: he didn't." And then inevitably, <laughs> a couple of days later, I had somebody text me like. Did Jared really ask him if he went to, <laughs> to Uh So yeah. So if nothing else, uh, just listen for Jared's. <laughs> uh, feedback. We were talking
3: <clears throat> off mic a little bit about names, and I won't go into the, the details, but Ken your name two M's. Otto, that's not your a first name, right? Correct. So is that a nickname? Yeah. Okay. Can you talk a little bit about where that came from? Is
2: that too personal? No, no, absolutely not.
0: So why don't you start here? Why don't you enunciate the full real
2: name first? So it's Abdullah Yahich. Okay. And so the way it came about, uh, so when we are in Basia, uh, sometimes in a a Basian tradition is naming uh, the first son after his grandfather. Yeah. So that's what happened in my case. And as a kid, my, uh, my parents told me I was always a little problem child, always causing trouble. And they're like, and uh my my grandpa was super religious, super holy, and they're like we we can't keep calling him Abdul, like we got to call him something else <laughs> so we can, have
0: a heathen we yeah. ne- he needs a nickname yeah
2: and so <laughs> it went with, they went with Otto, and it's stuck ever since everybody knows is there the names is otto. there a bosnian like
3: what's the story behind otto is it, is it a, a, a normal it's I mean, a normal nickname okay. in the yeah just okay. S-
0: yeah. So, similar to Pele or, uh, <laughs> <laughs> go with the short the, ones
1: um bus driver on the Simpsons. Spelled different, <laughs> yeah.
0: <laughs> right on cue. Yep. I told you you should follow our show for Jared alone, and there <laughs> yeah. you. Yeah. Here we go. Uh, so we um, we touched briefly on your move. You you mentioned it earlier from because uh, you were a trainer uh, at Scott Gallagher for a while here recently. <laughs> director, um, trainer, director, uh, and by and all
1: accounts, <clears> the kids <throat> loved him. The youth, the youth really. Oh, totally. Um, I, I Otto was their guy
0: um but you've made the move you decided it's time to build your own boat um, so uh, we, we mentioned off off the mic here uh, here's an opportunity give us give us the one uh, you know name of the club uh, boy girl age where you know what's kind of your mission statement you know let's let's get a quick sell out here and then we're gonna ask you questions about how you run it
2: yeah, so uh, I took over as the technical director at the St. Louis Stars and the director of uh, player development. Uh, it, it's been a really awesome experience so far. Uh, smaller club feel. We have about 350 kiddos right now. Uh, all boys team with only two girls teams. So one, one of my goals is to build that girl side in that program. But really with my biggest motivation there was these guys were like, hey, Otto, like we know you, we trust you. We want you to run this how you can see fit and us being successful along the way they gave you the keys they gave me the keys to the castle i mean and i think that was the big thing for me for for them to put trust in into a 25 year old man you can say Mm -hmm. and be like here you go let's see what you can do and i mean i've been there working for the past two months and the feedback has been incredible and the response and everything from the families to the parents to the players. It's been really, really fun and really nice.
0: Where, where's the club
2: headquartered out of? Where do you guys train? So we train out of STL Athletic, which is in Fenton, and then Creefcore Complex. Okay, cool. Um, <clears throat>
0: excuse me. So y- you also mentioned that uh, you know it's, it's, it's a, tra- a traditional soccer club, but you do have a uh, game plan or a strategy to implement or integrate more futsal into the process. Do you see that as kind of a a seasonal transition or how are you going to manage and integrate futsal into the club's DNA?
2: So uh, that's going to take a little bit of work. Uh, It's not going to be easy, but uh, starting with this year, all our kids for their winter training, instead of training, instead of doing better or any of that stuff, the kids will be doing futsal twice a week where they uh, train in a structured environment and then play going forward hopefully a year down the line, I'm looking where if your team's training three times a week, it's two nights outdoor, one night futsal, just so we can keep it relevant throughout the year, because I do know that there is benefits with futsal and players playing it, so I think that's what's going to differentiate us from a lot of clubs, and as well, uh, we're a smaller club, we're more, it's more family friendly, everybody knows everybody on a first name basis, nobody's too big or too good to take a phone call, or, or help the next person in line, and We're at about 350 kids right now. The goal isn't for us to add 1,000 kids. We we want good kiddos, good families that we can help and develop along the way. And if we grow, we grow. But we're not worried about, it's not a numbers game, quality over quantity right now for us.
3: This is a personal question because obviously my middle son plays for City Academy and my younger, who's uh, 2012... CYC is, is only experienced so far in soccer and VETA. When you're pitching this, are you pitching for my younger son or are you pitching for the older son or are you kind of pitching in the middle somewhere?
2: Definitely pitching in the middle. So obviously, like for your younger son, we have a Stars Junior program that transitions. So it's a. It's a five-month program where they train with our staff coaches, learn our style of play, and then when you guys, when we feel like and when you guys also are like, hey, we think he's ready, we just transition him into a team. That way he's already accustomed to our style of play, our just kind of the way we run things, our values, and that way the transition is that much easier once the the boy or girl wants to join the club full-time. And is that typically
3: in in the juniors program or in the the normal – team environment are those parent coaches are they professional coaches so is it a blend how does that work it, yeah, it, the training. It's,
2: it's definitely a blend so all all the training so the club training that's run by the club that's one night a week is yeah. run by my staff which is made up of my ambush guys current slew and SIUE players and a couple of guys so it's my guys uh, that, that know the curriculum, that we've been working together for a while. So it's the same guys that were working under me at uh, St. Louis Scott Gallagher. So once I made the move, those guys made the move with me, and they followed along. So Great. it's kind of my same team I've had for three years, and I'm very fortunate for those guys because they do an incredible job. But, yeah, it, it, it's a good mixture, but our top teams will have paid staff coaches would you say so what is
1: the play philosophy of the st louis stars where, where, where are we going directionally i mean you don't have to go formation because i know you're doing young kids 9v9 and you're in 11v11 do, do you cater the group towards your talents and, and then you adjust um and as far as a game one-off mentality or do you guys have a club philosophy of we're going to play a four we're going to build out of the back we're going to build up through the middle we're where,
2: where are you at there it, it's a club philosophy so one night a week they actually get tactical training uh from tom brandon who, who's a, a licensed coach to, in the area so from tactically from u7s the u7s is an exact repli- replica of our u17 so let's say our once our boys get to 9v9 they're playing four in the back so they're transition into 11v11 they know the four in the back they know where the midfield supposed to check in so Our style of play stays the same for all our teams, and that's possession style, which I believe is the best style, but everybody has a different opinion. High press, possession style. Cool. So let
0: let me ask you the uh, $10 million question then, um, because this is a topic that we cover all the time. Do you, do you have a plan, do you have a strategy, or have you yet uh, tried to integrate more parent communication in so much that you manage or uh, 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 coddle expectations?
2: Absolutely. So, there's a handbook. Uh, So, obviously, I came in in January where things are already in the works, but we've been communicating to the parents. So, going into next year, there's a player handbook. There's a parent handbook. So, Player expectations, parent expectations. They're, they're, you get your one little warning, but there's. we don't want parents influencing the way these kids are playing the game. Or every time little Timmy makes a mistake, he's looking at his dad on the sidelines. So th- there will be expectations, and once they sign those waivers off, that ultimately they have to trust in us and in the coaches. And if they don't, they're probably in the wrong spot. Good for yeah. you. That's right. And to the teams it. playing in the slice of leagues. So a, yeah, all our top teams are, all our teams are playing slice. Of, our top teams are in the top premier division, and now we're working on getting our licenses for the MRL National Club V Club. So oh, nice. very cool. That's, very cool. That's great.
0: So, so let's let's now kick it back indoor because the one thing that we kind of skimmed over was ambush.
2: Um, you when, when did you join the team? I joined the ambush uh 2019. 2019 uh this past year
0: just just recently uh wound down what's your plans moving forward with ambush uh talk a little bit about the team talk about expectations you know wh- where does that fall in the auto soccer soccer encyclopedia right now
2: so it's definitely up there uh indoor soccer runs november through April beginning of April we just actually wrapped up so it's definitely a big part of my life and uh, I love the team I love my teammates this is my fourth season with the club Uh, my first year I was rookie of the year and that kind of really like opened my eyes like hey maybe I could be really good at this thing and I mean ultimately we train every single day these guys are competitors we're not waking up at 6am every day to go out there on the weekend and just give 50% effort so we're there we want to win we want to compete with the best teams and I think we're a couple pieces away from doing that. But going back to your question, uh, I have two more years left on my contract with the ambush right now.
3: Who's the best goalie and why is
2: it Paolo? Paolo is absolutely incredible. And I mean, a lot of the techniques, he it, it's futsal techniques. Oh, yeah. And what he's teaching these keepers is going to go a long way because it's not the traditional style of goalkeeping.
3: Yeah. I, well, I,
2: I did
1: anybody that. watch the USA National game last night against Mexico? I did. Did anybody see the Johnson uh, kid in the back who hasn't got a lot of love? He's big. He's athletic. Did you see what happened the first three times he touched the ball?
0: I he didn't
3: see the game. Did, I don't think he completed a pass at the back. No. Dude,
1: he kicked the ball out of Bounds. bounds. The all three times he touched the ball, the first three times he touched the ball, and almost backwards, two of the three. Would he? Yeah. Would like he, to the most, like he's never played soccer in his life. Yeah, they was, were back passes to wrong. him, and they were like. Banana balls off the side of his foot, yeah. straight like left or right. So, so
0: bottom know. line is, you're saying he wouldn't make the Falcons.
1: <laughs> I, I mean, he would make any team there is. He's a USA national goalie, but I mean, I, I just can't even fathom that we have a goalie on our national team that have has zero foot skills.
0: Well, let's yeah, let's let's shift sideways a little bit because I want to get your opinion and your take on a team with a legitimate goalie in Roman Berkey. Uh, and City SC. Um, you've been here now, in essence, your whole life. You've paid attention to the game. You've been part of the game. You're part of the fabric. What did it mean to you when you, um, when this all came to fruition? The, the awarding of the franchise, you saw the ownership group, you saw what was going on. Lutz is announced. They start name-dropping. All of this is playing out. Now, here we are at 6-2, clearly the starlets of the league, What's your take on City up to this
2: point? I mean, absolutely incredible. And, I mean, in the beginning, people saying uh, uh, lucky game here, lucky game there, but we're we're 6-2, and so it's not luck anymore. I mean, I think it's huge that a lot of these guys came in last year. These guys didn't just show up this year and start working together. These guys got used to the identity with City, too, and the style of play. And, I mean, all credit to the staff and uh, the club in general for – the start, because this isn't a fluke start. I think City's going to be a presence in the league for years to come. Nine games ago, be
1: honest, the direct high press, get forward, run, bring the soldiers at everybody, what did you think the style was going to be? How did it translate?
0: With virtual no names.
1: I, 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 but that's the thing where I think everybody's Not MLS
0: wrong. MLS names exactly. That, that's what I'm saying. You know, because most MLS teams and franchises, when they're new, there's that DP. There's there's a, there's clearly a name bus. I know that they were good players. Yeah, and coming yeah. from legitimate teams, legitimate leagues. But what was your what was your thought? Like coming said, from nine games ago.
1: futsal, coming from Bosnia, coming from a possession, mm-hmm. coming from transferring from a college to another college because of the style of play. What, what were you just like? Get, just, I'm just going to shut up. Tell me what you thought about this <laughs> guy.
2: Honestly, once once I was reading a little bit into it, I was like, oh, okay, they, they have this clear style of play, but are they going to be able to execute this with their personnel? First of all, I didn't think Klaus could press like that and and, and put in the work that he's doing. So. Oh
1: my God, he is. Yeah. He's a hammer.
2: Yeah. So uh, And a lot of players, I mean, some players, especially that you bring from Europe, they think they're too good for that system where they should be pressing 90% of the time they only want to do the pretty set of the game so to see everybody bought in and working as a unit I mean it's incredible and I mean the results show for it
1: you played at a high level you played it at all you know at every level every age group you would know that is an incredibly difficult style to play it's <sighs> To almost impossible
0: I, I get tired
2: watching oh my god <laughs> yeah, yeah Now, absolutely. You know, what, what I am upset about is that St. Louis City didn't happen like eight years ago when, uh, <laughs> when the rest of us were in the academy.
0: <laughs> you mean 25 years now? I was thinking <laughs> uh, not
2: 24 years ago. The two <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>
0: <laughs> no, there's a whole lot of math that needs to go on to make that work for any of us.
3: Otto, you were born the year I graduated high school. 97? So, yeah. Uh,
0: so, yeah. Where'd you go to high you, school? You were born the year yes. I graduated from college. Yeah, so, yeah, by the way, beers are on you. Thank you, kid. <laughs> Thanks a <I know>. lot. <laughs> hey, we, we, we got to wrap up here because I know that you uh, you have training coming up. Uh, we really appreciate
2: your time, dude. This has been a pleasure. Um, Where can they go to sign up and get more information on the stars? Yeah. Oh, so uh has all the information. Or if you go to my social media, I occasionally post. Actually, I post a lot about the club just because... We have a bunch of stuff going on, and I mean, we have some really, really high-level trainers in the club and good names like you guys might know, like the Robbie Christos, yeah, slew legends guys that are helping out. So it's awesome. But just kind of the next step for me is the the Futsal World Cup is next year for us, so we will have CONCACAF qualifying. Where's that at? Futsal World Cup is going to be in Morocco. Wow. Oh, that's dope.
0: Wow. Okay, speaking speaking of Morocco, speaking of flair, because I, you you know, we're friends on uh, social media, right? Where'd you get that shirt with those cuffs? You you just posted the picture. Your cuffs
3: look oh, like okay. I mean, it's like <laughs> you,
0: you bought those in Dubai or something, man. They're like the flare out of this. I'll world. send you the link.
3: <laughs> well, you're also doing some training, like pre-college training, pre-high school training, and things like that. So promote your brand not only the soccers but what else
2: yeah so I mean uh throughout the whole summer and I mean a lot of a lot of Gallagher families have worked with me for over the last two three years I do a lot of individual training a lot of one-on-one training small group training this summer I'm running uh two eight-week clinics basically a high school prep program our MLS next prep program where kids are getting high level training through the summer so once August comes and tryouts comes these kids are already and beat and in sick and ready to go. Well,
1: I'll cool. tell you what, I'm I'm um, I'm pr- I'm proud of you. I'm interested <laughs> to see how you guys do, how you do from afar. I'm a fan of yours. Yeah, we'll be following. Uh, for sure. I, I, I just I, I wish nothing but success for you, for the ambush, for your club. Um, I hope you guys qualify, and I hope we go kick some Moroccan ass <laughs> and, and other people's asses. <laughs>
0: Yeah. Thank you, Otto, man. Thanks, Otto. No, Appreciate seriously. It. Thank
2: you guys for having me.
0: No problem. Give us a follow, people. Uh, share it with a friend. Again, all all soccer moms and dads need a little therapy. Shoot it. Th- shoot us their way. Uh, if you have any questions, go to socials. Hit it up. If you have complaints, call Jared. I'll put his phone number on uh, my next tweet. Yeah, See you guys. That. Do that. See you guys later. <laughs>